Oh, here we are. It's playoff football. San Francisco 49ers at Dallas Cowboys. Keys to victory for wild card weekend and the latest injury report. And let's get into the chat. Let's have a hype sesh for this playoff football game rivalry week right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're doing a little live stream here. It's been fun the last few weeks doing these. So last show of the week before game day, and it's a hype session. I see people jumping in the chat already fired up for this contest. Rivalry week, San Francisco 49ers at Dallas Cowboys, what I'm sure will be another instant classic in the lineage of this fantastic, fantastic rivalry. Croc, how fired up are you for this one? Right now, as we're just a couple of days away from playoff football, man, I'm ready to go. And you know, this is this one hits ho- close to home. My big brother, he's a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, diehard. So you know, growing up in a, a, a household, me rooting for the San Francisco 49ers, my brother rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. The rivalry started then, whether we're playing Madden, whether we're watching our teams go at it, and that competitive nature has continued into our adulthood. So. Uh, you can just imagine what it's like right now in the group chats with my brother, my friends. It's going crazy. So, yeah, definitely excited. Amped up for this one. A lot of trash talking. And the past doesn't matter. Like, you got to go out and you got to win this one. It's all about right now. It doesn't matter that Dwight Clark made a catch 40 years ago. Uh, it doesn't matter that what happened in 1992. It doesn't matter what Alvin Harper did. It doesn't matter what happened in 1994. What matters is... 2022 now January and it's going to be such a good one we've got our keys to victory coming up in this one I think we've got to start though with the latest injury report and fantastic news according to ESPN Trent Williams telling folks he's gonna go uh held out last week with uh elbow injury did not practice to start the week Wednesday but limited at practice Thursday we'll see if he's full go or just limited again Friday, but it looks like it is trending in the right direction. And he said, even if he's not 100%, he'll do what he needs to do, adrenaline and whatnot, and uh, and he'll be going, and he'll be out there protecting his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, was a full participant in practice. So a healthier Jimmy and um, even a one-armed Trent Williams, I'm okay with that. Like, that's huge for the 49ers this week, Croc, right? You, you need them. Dallas Cowboys, they have some big-time edge rushers. You know, Demarcus Lawrence, the sack numbers aren't crazy, but between him, Randy Gregory, Gregory has had a terrific comeback to his career. I mean, he started off rocky. He was getting suspended, all the, all those things. But he's balling now. He's getting after quarterbacks. And then per- Parsons, you know, the, the rookie, he, he's been tremendous. He's been really the kind of their saving grace when things weren't going well. They had guys out with injuries. He's been balling. So it's, that's, that's a terrific pass rush the 49ers are going up against, and they're definitely going to need a guy like Trent Williams to really hold things down. Absolutely. Uh, let's go through the rest of this injury report here. I love how strong everyone is in the comments right now. Getting ready for this one. Uh, a lot of flame emojis for those of you who are not with us right now live on YouTube and are listening in your cars, maybe on the work on your way to work Friday morning, getting ready for the weekend and wildcard weekend and what it should be. Some days off for Nick Bosa and Alex Mack. Well-earned days off for those players. Like uh, Nick Bosa might as well be a 35-year-old veteran at this point. Give him as many days off as he wants to start weeks. Uh, he did have Wednesday off, but he's back full, fully participating in practice on Thursday. 
Uh, George Kittle showed up on the uh, injury report, but again, just a veteran day off. I think he he's in right in that same category with Nick Bosa, where look, these guys are physical. They play a lot of snaps. They play their butts off. They are high motor all the time. Give George Kittle and Nick Bosa some time off during the week. So I love that after a long season. Elijah Mitchell, he's had the knee injury. Uh, he did not practice Wednesday, sort of a similar situation where it's just a day off Wednesday, back at practice Thursday, fully participating. So uh, Elijah, or limited participant in practice, don't need to get him any extra. Um, you know, it, it, they're not heading into practice anyway, but you don't want to have uh, your star running back at this point taking any extra reps that he doesn't be doesn't need to be taking in practice. So Elijah Mitchell looking good to play Sunday. Aziz Alshayir limited in practice this week. Uh, Drake Greenlaw fully participating coming back from that groin injury and he was all over the place how about that fred warner aziz alshayir and drake greenlaw all healthy for the same game like you almost can't even put them all in the same field at the field at the same time because uh teams run you know don't run base all that much and uh but man drake greenlaw was flying around last week and you could tell he missed it kyle shanahan talked about how um you know drake greenlaw just loves the game so much and it for a guy coming off an, a growing injury, he was flying around everywhere. Missed a couple assignments, yeah. you know, got beaten in coverage a couple times, but face uh, mask. he was everywhere. He was active, if nothing else. He had a face mask penalty where it was like, yeah. it was a little unnecessary. Yeah. But, you know, I always like to say, man, I, I'd rather have to tell a guy to tone down his aggressiveness as to tell him, hey, man, be more aggressive. And I thought he brought that fire. He came, he, you know, he knocked the guy dang near, tried to knock him out the game. They threw a flag on that. You, you want him to be a little bit more disciplined within the way that he plays, but it was good to see him back and flying around. Marcel Harris has been limited in practice this week, dealing with an Achilles injury. Jaquaski Tart growing injury, also limited in practice. Mitch Wisnowski going through concussion protocol. Talano Hufanga limited in practice. Maurice Hurst. Are we going to have a Maurice Hurst sighting all of a sudden? That would be a nice little bit of extra juice inside from an interior pass rush from Maurice Hurst. He was fully participating in practice all week long. He's been inactive a lot this year, and and that's happened a lot through his career, even back with the Raiders. Uh, Not much really of note on the Dallas Cowboys injury report. A couple I do want to list here, though. Running back Tony Pollard, and man, according to the Locked On Cowboys guys. He joined us on yesterday's podcast. If you didn't hear it, it's a really good one. Go check that out. Had a lot of fun with those dudes. And uh, Tony Pollard, they think, is better than Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel yeah. has been banged up all year, but it's not Elliott. It's Pollard that's on the injury report. He was participating fully in practice this week, but a foot injury. So, you know, maybe the running game a little banged up on the Dallas Cowboys. And, and Tyron Smith, very similarly to... Uh, Trent Williams, you know, two of the best left tackles in the NFL. Both are banged up here. And Tyron Smith's been dealing with something for a while. Neil and uh, knee and ankle injuries, limited participation in practice this week. So, uh, look, he, he's a really good player. But is that enough for maybe Nick Bosa to have a little edge when he's going against him one on one? Are they going to leave him one on one? So we'll see how that whole thing works out. But um, it's looking like two stud tackles that are banged up are going to be playing in Tyron Smith and Trent Williams this week. And that's so I, I do have a, yeah, go ahead. have a question for you with, with Zeke Elliott. And we were talking about this on spaces on Twitter with Zeke. Do you think it's, is he kind of wearing down? You know, he had a ton of carries early on. His usage was at, at an extremely high rate. And we know with running backs, they kind of, their lifespan is really short. And I think what we're seeing right now from Ezekiel Elliott is the results of 
all the pounding and hits that he took early in his career. And now his body's kind of breaking down a little bit. When you watch Zeke run, he does not look the same. I mean, his, his rookie year, those first couple of years, I mean, he was explosive. He was hitting holes. He was outrunning everybody. And now, the at least in the games I've watched, he kind of looks like a shell of himself. And I think that's why you see a lot of Cowboy people, whether it's the, the people that cover the 49ers, Monster and those guys, or the fans, kind of talk about how, hey, Pollard is a more explosive back, and he's the one that should be getting a bulk of the carries. But I think Zeke Elliott, his body might just be kind of breaking down a little bit on him. That's what happens. That's the main argument against spending high-end resources on running backs and not drafting them in the top five or the first round at all, or not giving them their second contract, even if you drafted them top five, and they were really good for those first four years because it's like 25, 26 year, years old. The wheels fall off. It's amazing. I, there's there's running backs that have been retired for five, 10 years, and you think they're 45 years old. You're like, oh, man, this dude's like 32 years old. It, it just He feels so old, but um, it happens that quickly, and he's never had a season as good as his rookie season, 1,600 yards, 5.1 yards per carry as a rookie, and he's had a really good offensive line most of his career there in Dallas. They've had some injuries, but, man, he's had uh, Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, and uh, they, they've had a really good offensive line there in Dallas since he's been in the NFL, and that yards per carry is just trending in the wrong direction, and I thought last year he looked two steps slow. I, I thought he looked awful last year, maybe even a little better this year than last year, um, and maybe because he doesn't have to carry the load anymore because he has Pollard to take some of those carries away from him, but he's definitely not – um, the the same player, uh, Christian McCaffrey. After all these injuries, he probably he got too much money. His second contract, I would have, you know, it's hard to do when you have this star player and he sells a bunch of jerseys and you drafted him high and he's really good for his first four years. It's hard to say, oh no, we don't want to give this guy a second contract. But it's just not smart money. Uh, we saw with Todd Gurley, it, it happens. It's the injury rate is one hundred percent for running backs and they break down so quickly and it's one of the easier positions to replace in the NFL. And we've seen that on numerous rosters in the league. So it's all about those young, young legs when it comes to running backs in the league. And uh, I, I, if I was a GM of a team, I would pretty much never give a running back a second yeah. contract unless it's on the very cheap. And, and it's a really sweetheart of a deal for the team. Or draft them really high to where you feel oh, yes. obligated to give right. them that big contract. And, and you know the same thing's going to happen. Right. The, the same thing's going to happen with, you know, Elijah Mitchell. And we've already seen his body breaking down throughout this year. And we talk about him being on the injury report and having to try to play through some injuries to start this season. But, I mean, the 49ers, when he is playing, they hand on the ball 21 to 27 times. He's taking a beating. He's not going to last that, <laughs> that long. So right now, the 49ers have to start preparing who's going to be the next Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> Yeah, they have to really like running back two and running back three going into next year. Elijah Mitchell was running back five in training camp, right? There right, was Gallman. Yeah. I mean, he was a six-round pick. They had Gallman and Hasty and Mostert and all these guys, and now he's running back number one. I mean, that's just the way it works in the NFL, and uh, I love the way Elijah uh, Mitchell runs, but he he takes some hits, and he finishes runs, and he finds contact at times. He runs a little bit high at times, and he, he's, a, he's a, a, you know, a, a big enough target in the run game that he's going to get hit a lot and uh, running backs are, are going to be hurt. We've already seen that with him. All right. We, we've got to move on here a little bit and start talking a little bit about some keys to victory. I have some nuggets of statistics to bring up as well as it pertains to this 49ers Cowboys matchup. But if you're wondering what you want to snack on during the game, you need a little something, but you got that new year's resolutions, a little bit more difficult watching football games and trying to eat healthy. Well, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it is perfect for your eating healthy 
New Year's resolutions, make sure you include Built Bar in that plan. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, uh, and just don't taste like something you really want to eat, and you're choking it down. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets boring, right? You're like, where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Most Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and I'm talking about real chocolate not this brown colored stuff. It's like, hey, it's chocolate flavor. No, this is absolutely real chocolate that envelops most built bars. And built bars contain only 130 calories in most of those bars, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein to power you through your day. So go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Saving money is uh, is important, I think, to everybody. And a lot of folks listening to this podcast, driving to work, shout out to you. I know you're pumped for the weekend. Uh, maybe you're on a, a trip. Maybe you're going to visit some, some old pals and watch this football game. Well, guess what? You can get cash back just by driving there. Go to Get Upside, download the app, and get cash back every time you get gas. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas they buy every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the apple app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up so that is up to 50 cents cash back on your very first tank don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside and promo code touchdown for that bonus 25 cents per gallon on your very first tank. No catch. Super easy. The cash goes right back into your account after you buy gas at probably the gas station you're going to fill up at anyway. You just find the stations on the, the app. You say, I'll claim that 25 cents back per gallon, and you go fill up. It's that easy. Again, download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. How about this, Croc? That powerhouse Dallas Cowboys offense led the league in points per game. This from Gil Brandt, former legendary vice president of player personnel for those Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys had 22 different players score a touchdown this season. That is the most by any team in NFL history. Wow. Now we're talking, that's, that's, uh, that's defensive players, that's special teams, but they've got a lot of different weapons. And it's not just Amari Cooper and Zeke and Pollard and C.D. Lamb. And even with Michael Gallup, who's a really good outside X receiver who tore his ACL, unfortunately, late in the year, and he's going to be done. And even next year is in doubt for him. And I think he's going into free agency. That's a rough go for him. And then they have Cedric Wilson come in, who looks really good for them. Big, fast receiver on the outside. So there's no a couple of good tight ends. Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz was um, a boon for me in my fantasy football leagues when uh, when George Kittle went down. I needed a replacement, and uh, Dalton Schultz was awesome for the Cowboys this year yeah. and, and really good in the red zone. So there's a number of ways that the Dallas Cowboys can put points on the board. But, Croc, what I want to ask you is, is this version of the 49ers secondary? If if uh, Jaquaski Tart is healthy enough to play, when you've got Tart and Ward out there at safety, and now with you know maybe some more confidence in, in with, with the rookie in Ambry Thomas and seeing him develop and seeing him get better every week, and then obviously it's so important for the 49ers to have gotten Emmanuel Mosley back, is this the best secondary the 49ers have had this year going into the playoffs to cover all those guys? 
I, I don't know if it's the best secondary, but I will say I think just schematically they are that this is the group that can at the very least help contain the big playability from the Cowboys receivers. Now, at some point, because they are so good, they're going to, they're going to get you. But again, like we saw against Cincinnati and like we saw in some of the other games with some high powered explosive offensive players, can you limit it? And I think for the most part, the 49ers receivers or defensive backs have done a good job of that, right? Go back and you look at the Tennessee Titans game for the most part with AJ green, AJ Brown, excuse me, he did a lot of his damage on one drive. He had the big play down the right sideline on Ambry Thomas, and he came back, he had a deep curl route on third down, and then he had the touchdown. I mean, that was probably, I don't know, 70 yards on one drive right there. So can you make it to where it's like it's just one drive as opposed to them really hurting you throughout the entirety of a game? So I think they have the guys right now that can help limit it, and it's definitely not even so much going to be all on the secondary. Can the pass rush get there? And That's going to be a big part of it as well. By the way, Cedric Wilson, he's the son of former 49ers receiver Cedric Wilson. But I like that math doesn't add up, right? Cedric Wilson didn't play that long ago. How could he possibly have a son who's like 25 years old and playing in the league right now? Does that make sense? Or am I just so old that uh, Cedric Wilson was was playing a lot further back than I remember? You you might be old because I I don't remember Cedric Wilson. You don't remember Cedric Wilson? Early 2000s, like even mid-2000s, I think. Right? Was he? Cedric Wilson play? Help me out in the chat here uh, so I don't have to look all this up. When did Cedric Wilson play for the 49ers? Because I don't feel it was that long ago for him to have had a kid that's already been in the league for like three years. Yeah, I don't right know. Because now, now that's starting to, to, to bother me. So Cedric Wilson Sr. was drafted in the sixth round, 169th overall by the 49ers in 2001. Wow. So, okay, yeah, then you're, unless he had his son at like 14 years old. It might have been <laughs> something like that because, um, let's see here. Cedric Wilson drafted in, in 2001 out of the University of Tennessee, played for the Niners. Oh, I do remember him. From 2001 to 2004, then played for the Steelers 2005 to 2007. Got himself a Super Bowl ring. He had a son at a very young age. Right. So said seniors, 43, Cedric Wilson Jr. was born in 1995 and is 26 years old. 17, I think. Is that? Oh, right? yeah, 43, 26. Oh, yeah. 17. So high school. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is nuts. Anyway, all right, we're going off the rails here. How about this statistic? This one from Akash Anavarathan, a friend of the program. By the way, I was going to have him jump on the show. It was really fun last week having that roundtable and having um, Jason Aponte and John Chapman join the show. we got to do more of those roundtables, and, and we're definitely going to do a ton of those around draft season and when the season's over. Um, Akash, unfortunately, I could not get him to come on the show today, maybe next week, before that Packers game, right? Before Niners-Packers. Right, speak it so, into existence. Yeah. Um, according to Akash, the Cowboys' defense has given up 14 runs of at least 20-plus yards this season. That's third worst in the NFL. The 49ers have 53 explosive runs this season, which is eighth in the NFL. So, yeah, explosive run plays. The Niners need some explosives. And we saw it. Last week, we've seen it in the past with the 49ers. They can kind of even run from behind. And even in years past, with especially with Raheem Mostert and his speed, it's a big play run game. And it hasn't been quite that much of a big play run game, but um, they can create points. And maybe this is the matchup that it's time to just gouge people. 
And you brought up earlier, Croc, Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is a huge factor in this game. And, and let, let's just put a pin in that as a first key to victory right here because um, important to have Tom Compton playing at a high level. Uh, it's important to have whoever's at left tackle. If it's Colton McKivitz, he's going to have to be on point again. Uh, he got beat a couple times, but uh, overall he was okay in for Trent Williams last week. But if it's Trent Williams, you know, he's got to do – a job because you've got Randy Gregory coming off the edge. You've got uh, a ton of players on that team, but I think maybe the best one of them coming off the edge is the rookie and Micah Parsons. But I think Micah Parsons also as an off ball backer is where you can. And even as, you know, an edge player, I think that's where Kyle Shanahan can gain an advantage and use that rookie's aggressiveness against him and get him out of position and get him flying upfield and go underneath him, you know, um, abuse him in, in the passing game, give him looks, have all this motion stuff. Uh, I think that's where you have to block him up, obviously, and not let him come get your quarterback. But I think you can also use his youth against him. And I think the 49ers in this one can really have an advantage in the middle of the field against the middle of the Cowboys defensive line and the second level of that Cowboys defense uh, in the short passing game and in the running game. One more stat here from Akash since week 10, the Cowboys rush defense numbers to the edges. So this is to the outside 72 rush attempts to the outside since week 10 against the Cowboys defense, 495 yards. That equates to a 6.9 yards per carry. 22 runs of 10 plus yards. So thanks to Akash for, for uh, giving us those stats to use. And uh, we'll have them on the podcast very soon. Our schedules didn't work out for this one, but man, wide zone that's against the edges. Those guys are, are light and not staying home. Let's go to work. Kyle Shanahan. Let's go to work. Elijah Mitchell. Let's go to work. Debo Samuel, right? Well, that tells me that yeah, Debo might have a big game because he's the guy that does a really good job of hitting the edge. And he's really explosive. I feel like his, like his one first, second, third step, he's getting dang near the top speed and getting around the corners a lot of times. And if he can kind of hit the edge on Dallas, that'd be huge. You know, you you brought up some good points with Michael Parsons and just the ability to kind of use his youthfulness and aggressiveness against him. And, you know, I talked about it with Trey Lance and why I was a little, you know, weary of him being able to start against the Rams, you know, not in this moment because a coordinator can throw so much at him that he just has not seen. And I think it could be the same for the defense as well, especially for an attacking defense and a guy like Parsons where, hey, I want to be aggressive. I want to be quick to everything. And that's what makes him great as well. But also, hey, can we use that against him? And I think Kyle Shanahan is just a guy because he'll show you things and show it to you again, and you think you got a beat on it. And then he'll show you, and then uh, psych, pull it back and throw right behind you. And that's something that, you know, it'll be a learning process. But hopefully for, for 49ers, it'll be Parsons learning in this game. And uh, 49ers Shaolin points out here, 74.6 coverage grade. Parsons, decent in coverage from what I am told. Um, it, it, this is different. This is a different situation, I think, what Kyle Shanahan could potentially do to a young man with just getting him one step in the wrong direction step, with the motion with all the stretching out yeah and kyle shanahan is a master at that um so it's not an ability thing that just it's like it's not well, like, i mean hey, he can't cover like no he can cover very well and you can't outrun finish. him he's yeah. a four three yeah he's a four three yeah. guy so you don't have guys that they're not outrunning him but it's just can you get him to take two steps in and hit debo behind him on the slant like that that's all that's all you need right there just that that one or two steps to get him out of position absolutely okay more keys to victory coming up in this one and crock you down to take the chat a little bit longer on the YouTube. 
of course i got some five guys coming but you know if okay can... <laughs> until until five guys shows up we're going live here yeah. on youtube and we'll get deep into the chat after the uh, regular pod is over but i want to tell the folks about betonline.ag who wish you a happy new betting year as we continue into the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all your best sports wagering action for 2022, including those San Francisco 49ers who are three point dogs. That says Vegas thinks that this is a pick'em game in a neutral site. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed for a three versus six seed matchup in the NFL. You would think that home team would be favored by more if you want to. Take those three points and bet on your San Francisco 49ers or just go money line and bet on them straight up. You can do that at betonline.ag. You can also bet on basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, play all of your favorite Vegas table games as well. So check out the new updated uh, desktop and mobile website and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with our promo code locked on to get started. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. You want some more tips before you go betting? I've got the place for you as well. That is onlinegambling.com slash NFL. And uh, I did on the Peacock and Williamson show today, we did a little draft of playoff teams. And I had the first pick, and I took the Green Bay Packers. I think they have the best path. I don't necessarily think they're going to win. And they better hope they're not playing the 49ers next week because that'll hurt their chances, I think, of uh, going to the Super Bowl. And they can't seem to get past that NFC Championship game hump. But the buys are so important with only one buy per conference right now. Going to Green Bay, being able to stay home for a month if they keep winning. I think the Green Bay Packers have the best chance and the best odds of winning the Super Bowl. But I think your best Money odds are probably on teams like the San Francisco 49ers. Some of those teams, they might be down a little bit in the seeding, but I mean, parody reigns in the NFL. So what is your favorite team to make it to the Super Bowl? You can get expert advice, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever at onlinegambling.com. If you are planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head to onlinegambling.com before you do. And that includes their OG tips section where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks uh, as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Again, that is onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest news and making the most of this year's playoffs. Okay, Croc. Keys to victory. By the way, I, I don't want to open up that debate right now and I don't even want to do that to the folks. <laughs> I saw it. I'm already starting to see it in the chat. I don't have a horse in this race. I'm not big on fast food. Uh, I think the argument should be, why the heck are you going to Five Guys or In-N-Out when you can just grill one up that's better at home? But, Croc, I know you're on the road, and that's when fast food starts to make sense for me is when you're on the road. And you're yeah. doing some stuff in Minnesota um, with some with – some, what you're working with some prospects. What are you doing over there? Yeah, evaluating some prospects, some uh, yeah. some combine guys. They're, they're out here training at a facility – uh, and yeah, get a chance to evaluate them, see how they move areas where I feel like they can improve and, uh, give their trainers my analysis. So just what's that cost? You're, you're going five guys and you're getting, uh, an app to deliver it to you. Right. So, and you, you go a la carte at five guys. That's, that's the big argument. So you're going what burger fries, yeah. you're doing shake, you're doing a, a, a beverage and you're getting it delivered to you. 
for 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 a fast food burger what's that going to set you back because i think that's a huge factor in this whole thing it's actually so that that is the biggest factor to me when it comes to five guys and how expensive it is for whatever reason because this is my first time using doordash i don't have to pay like the fee for it coming to me so i i walked out walked away with the tip paying i think it's like 27 dollars where typically like i wouldn't buy this for my home it's just it's just me out here so if i had my family with me i mean you know we're, we're talking about 75 80 bucks for the whole family so i never go to five guys especially when i'm home but i'm out here i'm by myself i'm on the road so i can i can afford it right now just a little bit one key to victory always keep yourself well-fed. Um, I personally would go with the Built Bar. I think that would be the smarter choice. Croc, you should have packed those in that bag instead of packing on all these extra calories. But what is your key to victory for the 49ers to beat the Cowboys on Sunday? I think the biggest thing is make them one-dimensional. Obviously, we know that they can play well throwing the ball. But again, I, I don't care who you are. R regardless of if you can throw the ball around or whatever, when a team makes you one-dimensional and you have to stick to one thing, it lets the opponents be able to pin their ears back get after the quarterback. And at that point, the more you put the ball in the air, at some point you are bound to make a mistake. And Dak Prescott isn't prone or immune to making bad decisions as well. So uh, he is safe with the ball. I think he does a really good job, but he can turn the ball away. I, there's been games where I tuned in and all of a sudden I see him throw a pick six. So can you make the one dimensional, take away the run game entirely and just say, hey, we're going to put everything on the arm of Dak Prescott and live with the results of whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, the run game is so big, and the 49ers, I think, can have some success running the ball, and I think the 49ers shutting down the 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 Cowboys, I'm already on next week, the Cowboys running game is is massive, and then that's when you make them one-dimensional. That's when the pass rush starts to eat. Uh, that is that is absolutely huge in this one. I agree with you there, Croc, and, and once that pass rush does start to work, you start getting some third and longs in there. How about this one from uh, also friend of the podcast, Al Sacco? He related this from, uh, where did he relay it from? NML, NFL Communications official statistic here. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa was tied for first in tackles for loss with 21 and fourth in sacks, 15 and a half this season. In 2019, Bosa became the third rookie with four plus sacks in the postseason since 1982. Big play Bosa here is what we're talking about. And if you double him, we've seen more and more contributions coming from Eric Armstead and Arden Key, and maybe even Maurice Hurst is going to be ready for this game and Samson Abukam. So um, it's going to take an entire effort, maybe some well-timed blitzes called by D'Amico Ryans for guys like uh, Greenlaw and especially Fred Warner when when they bring him as the fifth. That has been... That has been pretty awesome for the 49ers. So you got to get to Dak. You got to stop the run, make him one-dimensional. That is so massive for the 49ers. I'm going to add one that we've talked about almost every single week. And all of those things can go well for you that we've talked about so far. But we've got to talk about it. And it, it, good good Jimmy has to show up. Bad Jimmy cannot show up. You can't get in a 17-0 hole against the Dallas Cowboys in this one. Um, and Jimmy can't throw the ball to the other team. You can't count on Dak throwing two picks like Stafford did last week. So much had to go right for the 49ers to get out of there with the win. They can't do that again in Dallas. And by the way, I think there's going to be a lot of red in Dallas, maybe not as much as there was at the carport last week, right, Croc? But um, I like that you called the carport. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that was yours. You named it the carport. You said it was like That's a what big it is. carport. <laughs> it's I like a big, it, I mean, a big, fancy, nice 
I mean, it's, it's nice. an amazing stadium. Nice but yeah, it's like a it's 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 like an outdoor stadium that just has a cover over the top of it. It's pretty cool. Yep. Jimmy W. Jimmy W's got to show up. Uh he needs to be efficient. Can't throw the ball to the other team. Hopefully his thumb is still good. Doesn't take any hits on that to make it worse or anything like that. But we need good Jimmy. No giving it away to the other team. Turnovers is just so massive in this one. You have to those little things have to go in your favor as well as playing good football to beat a good football team like the the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I, I think to kind of add to that key is establish the run game, right? The 49ers want to run. As a matter of fact, the 49ers want to run the ball to be able to throw the ball. And, you know, you don't want to make Jimmy Garoppolo just a pure straight uh, drop back passer in this game. Hey, let him, you know, show that outside zone stretch, be able to um, pull back on play action and hit the passes right over the linebackers. And if he can do that, I think it's going to just, you know, allow him to have the, a clear vision of what the field is and be more efficient and maybe limit the turnovers. Let me ask you this question really quick before we go. And by the way, everybody out there, stick around. We're going to get in the chat here in a minute. I don't have any more keys to victory. I think we nailed really the the big ones in this one. The 49ers obviously can't beat themselves. That's so important. But do you think, and Kyle Shanahan was asked about it this week, and it was funny to hear Kyle Shanahan's answer about Jimmy Garoppolo and throwing a few interceptions here and there. His answer sounded a lot like what we say when we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. He says that's he's that's who he is. He's like, yeah, I know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. That's who Jimmy Garoppolo is. And we say that all the time. It's not surprising when he throws an interception, but he said it's part of what makes Jimmy good is that he's got a short memory. He doesn't care. He'll try to fit things in. He needs to see it quick. He tries to get the ball out of his hands quickly, knows where to go with the football. Sometimes it can work against him, but a lot of times it makes him hyper-efficient, and it makes the 49ers offense go, and you uh, roll down the field. All these super long drives the 49ers have need key third-down throws from Jimmy Garoppolo, and we saw him throwing darts last week. So I'll ask you this question to finish this segment off, Croc. Does it matter that Jimmy throws interceptions? Is that is that okay? Is it like okay? Go ahead, throw one interception per game, Jimmy. One, like, and I know there's the stats. If when Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw an interception, the 49ers are seven and zero or whatever. And when he throws one interception, they're whatever. But in the end, does it matter that much if Jimmy's the type of quarterback who's going to throw some interceptions? Not if you can make the throws to overcome it. And obviously, we saw him do it really at least have the ability to do it in several games this year where there was the Tennessee game. I mean, he threw the interception. He dug them into a hole. He tried to get them out of it. The game was tied with the 49ers defense gets a stop. Maybe they end up, you know, potentially winning the game in overtime. So I, I do think he can kind of overcome it. He turned the ball over twice against the Green Bay Packers, still drove the ball down the field, uh, you know, and scored a touchdown. There's 37 seconds left, no timeout. So it's not ideal. And I do think it digs them in a hole. And if you look at a lot of the 49ers wins, some of them aren't maybe quite the blowouts that it could have been. And I think a lot of it is because maybe a turnover here and there by Jimmy, but it's, it's, it's not ideal because I don't think he makes enough plays after that to where it doesn't matter that he just turned the ball over. Everyone, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend about Locked On 49ers. The thumbs up helps. Uh, hit the bell so you can be notified when you know when we go live and you know when we post a new podcast. Uh, and if those of you are hanging out with us right now live on the chat on YouTube, stick around because we are going to stick around and get a little bit deeper into this chat. If you are not live with us, thank you so much for listening. Pumped for this game 
Hit Croc and I up on Twitter at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, go check out Crocky on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast right here on the network. I'm talking about the entire league daily on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. If you want to get deeper into betting, check out your boy Q on the Locked On Bets podcast. Croc and I back post game versus the Dallas Cowboys with another rapid react podcast. We'll talk to you then right here. Locked on 49ers.